everyone. Welcome to episode five of A Cowgirl and Her Horse. I'm your host Katrina and today we will be continuing with where we left off last week. If you haven't already, um, I encourage you to listen to last week's episode where I talked about the first part of buying a barrel horse, which includes getting clear on what you're looking for in a horse. And I also talked about the ideal barrel horse confirmation, which is super important. This week, we will go into the actual search for the horse. This will include not only looking at ads, but also going and trying the horse out. Uh, In other words, this is where the fun starts. So I think the first thing you should do when you start your search for a horse is to tell your friends and people that you know in the industry that you're looking for a horse. Let them know exactly what you're looking for, as we figured out in last week's episode. This can save a lot of going to look at horses that are not suitable. People that you know will know your riding ability and what you're looking for, which weeds out a bunch of horses that would not work for you. This is actually how I found Junior. A friend of my mom's knew a cutting trainer with a horse for sale and bing, bang, boom, I found my horse. So uh, aside from word of mouth, you could also find horses via online sites like Barrel Horse World and Northern Horse, which I think is mostly Canadian. Uh, While these sites have kind of lost their popularity because of Facebook, They are definitely still worth checking out. Um, And because sites like these cost money to post an ad on, the sellers, in my experience, tend to be more serious about selling their animals and usually have better quality ads, you know, more complete information and whatnot, better photos. You can also check out local trainer websites. Trainers oftentimes don't post their sale horses on other places online, but they may have a sale page on their website. And even if they don't have something on their website, if you know of a trainer and you kind of like their style and trust them, it wouldn't hurt to give them a call to see if they know anything out there that might work for you. And of course, you can always try Facebook. I will preface this by saying that as of right now, it's getting harder and harder to buy and sell horses on Facebook. And this is because PETA became a shareholder of Facebook on July 1st, 2019. Uh, Many ads because of this have gotten deleted and some entire pages and groups have been pulled. And in fact, actually one of the groups that I was in got pulled this morning. So uh, one way to get around this is to post the horse ad on Kijiji and then post the Kijiji link on Facebook. So far, this is working, but by the time you're listening to this at some point in the future, that may not be the case. If that's the case and you can't buy and sell on Facebook anymore, I know some people have gone to another app called MeWe, M-E-W-E. There's not a whole lot of traffic on there right now, so I'm not sure, but that might change. So assuming that it's still out on Facebook, you can try finding a horse there. The great thing about Facebook, of course, is the traffic. There are tons of buyers and sellers, which means that there are way more horses to choose from. And while choice is good, though, this also means that there's lots of horses there that won't work for you. So you end up having to sift through all of those horses. And there is no real way of 
effectively filtering the horses that are posted on Facebook. So you kind of end up scrolling and scrolling through, you know, not only horse ads, but tack ads and random horse questions and everything else that gets posted on Facebook. So it's not the most efficient way to do things, but, um, and of course, you know, if people are posting on Kijiji, you could always take a peek there. Um, but you know, with Facebook, probably my biggest pet peeve about Facebook horse ads in particular is the fact that information is never complete on those ads. You know, is the horse registered? Where's the horse located? I don't know. The most basic information is almost never on there. So, you know, I can understand as a seller not wanting to put the price, but everything else should be there, including videos and full confirmation shots. But that's a rant for another day. So moving on. Another option would be to go to an auction but in most cases, I would not recommend to go. Would not recommend going to an auction, particularly for a seasoned horse. You know, if you're looking for a young prospect, it's kind of a different story. Um, you know, as long as you're able to look the horse up and down, kind of put your hands on them, have a look at their papers. You know, that may be enough for you if you're in the market for a young prospect. But if you're looking for a seasoned horse, I would probably advise against it. Because, you know, you don't really get to try the horse out. Uh, There isn't time for a vet check. And, you know, you never know if that horse is drugged at the time of the auction. So, you know, I would probably say stay away. Um, Regardless of what avenue you go down when you're looking for a horse, try to get as much information as possible before you actually take the time to go and look at the horse. So, and aside from the obvious information like age and height, sex, location, price, etc. You might want to also ask things like, why are you selling the horse? You know, is the horse not enough for you? Too much for you? Are you not getting along with the horse? How long have you owned the horse? You know, if there's, if they only bought it three months ago, that might be a red flag. You know, it might just be that they don't have personalities that mesh, but it could be a red flag for some other issues. Um, Who's currently riding the horse? Is it a 1D rider? Is it a complete beginner? Uh, has the horse had any past injuries? If so, what kind of injuries? How long were they out? And was there any issues with their recovery? Does the horse have any vices like when it's traveling or when, when it's with other horses? Um, is he on any medications or does he need any specific supplements? Uh, What kind of maintenance does the horse require? Is the horse up to date on vaccinations and worming and dental work? Uh, If it's a mare that was previously being run and then she got bred, I would definitely ask why they stopped competing on her to breed her. Oftentimes, the decision comes because the horse had an injury. So definitely ask about that. Um, You know, ask all those questions and more. You know, there. Do not hold back. You're going to be spend, potentially spending your money on this horse. You need to have the answers. And of course, ask for current videos and confirmation shots. And then once you think you've got enough information about the horse and you're still interested, it's time to go and pay the horse a visit. 
It seems like as a horse owner, there's always something you could use or need or want when it comes to your horses. I've found that horse.com is a great place to meet those needs. Whether you need a new pair of bell boots because your latest pair have completely fallen apart from being used too many times, or are looking to try a new bit, horse.com is your place to find what you need. Head over to a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. You'll also find there a list of all my favorite products, including Classic Equine's Legacy 2 boots and Ariat's Fat Baby boots, which are my favorite boots to wear around the barn. Again, that's a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals. When you go to look at a prospective horse, plan to spend a bit of time looking at the horse. Pack your saddle and pack your riding boots. If you are buying a seasoned horse or even a broke prospect, you have to, have to, have to take the horse for a test ride. I cannot emphasize that enough. When you go to look at the horse, if possible, get someone with horse experience to come with you. Uh, Get them to video you riding the horse so you can get a bit of a better idea of what you're looking at. And, you know, bringing in an experienced person is great because they might be better able to, you know, pick out a confirmation flaw or other things that may want to make you reconsider buying the horse. Beforehand, see if you can ask the seller to have the horse not caught and saddled up before you get there. Ideally, you would want to see, you know, what the horse is like to get caught and you would also want to have a look at the horse without a saddle to have an in-person evaluation of their confirmation because photos can kind of be a little bit deceiving, you know, depending on the lighting and the footing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I would ask to see the horse trotted on the ground without any tack just to see how the horse travels you know, watch for any signs of lameness or issues in the way that they travel. Um, then the horse can be saddled. And I would ask the seller um, if you can saddle up the horse just to see, you know, what the horse is all about. And then get, you, you know, whether it be the seller or whoever's been riding the horse up to that point to get on and show you a bit of what the horse can do. Uh, ask to see the walk trot lope in both directions if they say the horse can do something such as I don't know flying lead changes then ask that they show it to you if they say it you need to see it don't just take their word for it when I went and looked at junior for the first time the owner got on and he showed me all the bells and whistles without even being asked you know he showed me all three gates, he showed me spins and stops and flying lead changes, the whole nine yards. There was no question in my mind about what he could do and that he was fancy broke like he claimed he was. Um, so once they've taken the horse for a spin, you can get on, assuming you feel comfortable to do so. You know, you might feel a bit anxious just because you're getting on a new horse for the first time, but that's fine. But if you legitimately do not feel safe, do not feel pressure to get on the horse. You do not need to put pressure, put yourself in a situation where you don't feel safe for the sake of not wasting a seller's time. And I guess that kind of reminds me of the point that first impressions matter. 
And I mean this in terms of the first impression of the horse as well as the seller. Your gut instinct needs to cut, count for something here. If the seller gives you the heebie-jeebies, you may be best to keep your distance. Same with the horse. If you get bad vibes from the horse, like you can't trust them or they might do something unpredictable, pass on the horse. There are many, many more out there. Um, when you ride the horse, you don't necessarily need to make a run. And in fact, you likely won't actually get to make a run. Some sellers won't want you to make a run just because. And lots of riders won't feel comfortable jump riding a new horse like that and making a run. So at the very least, you need to go through all three gates and you know just kind of play with the horse, see what he's all about, how he rides, what he feels like. If you ride the horse and like what you see, I would advise you not to jump to conclusions just yet. In the best case scenario, you would try the horse out a couple of more times and in different scenarios. So if you rode the horse in the seller's outdoor arena the first time you tried them, ask if you can take the horse out in the pasture the next time. Just to give you a better idea of what the horse is like, when I tried Junior out, I rode him in an indoor arena the first time and then I went for a second ride and I did a bit in an outdoor arena before I headed out to the pasture and actually going out to the pasture was really really important because he ended up spooking at a gross that was in the tall grass and so I was able to experience how he reacts when he spooks and so that was really good to know because it wasn't horrible at all so And so then if you've tried the horse out a couple of times and are considering buying the horse, ask the seller if you can have a vet check done. If the seller refuses, do not buy the horse. They're obviously trying to hide something that will almost certainly cause issues down the road. You don't need that headache. Find another horse. Assuming the seller agrees to a vet check, line up a vet to do so. Ideally, you would use the vet that you use regularly and know, but that might not always be possible if you're buying a horse that doesn't live where your vet travels. So in that case, you might want to ask some people you know if they can recommend a vet in your area. Um, And I would also recommend that you attend the vet check as well. That's really important, if at all possible. Um, The purpose of a vet check is to uncover any soundness issues currently or if they could have soundness issues in the future and if there are any other health concerns that you should know about before um, purchasing the animal. In some cases, the results of a vet check will result in you passing on the horse just because there's something wrong. Uh, In other cases, the horse may have an issue, but it's something that you're willing to deal with and decide to buy the horse anyway. Either way, a vet check is about education and knowing the complete and accurate health status of the horse. I will say that there's seldom a vet check where something doesn't pop up. Just like people, horses have little things here and there. Some of these things may bother them and impact their performance, Others may not. It's more about learning what those things are and whether or not you're willing to accept them. And I will also say that a vet check 
is just a snapshot of a period in time. It will not necessarily guarantee that something won't show up, you know, say six months down the road that will impact their potential as a barrel horse. That's just how horses work. They are living, breathing, ever-changing beings. It's just a risk you have to take in this industry. So, like I said, you would ideally use your own vet, and if possible, you would be present for the exam. Explain to your vet exactly what you're going to use the horse for, because this will better inform your vet of the things he should be keeping an eye out for and things that he should specifically test. Uh, The extensiveness of a vet check will vary depending on your needs you know some people might actually forego a vet check altogether and just skip it Uh, this is often the case when they're not going to be spending a whole lot of money on the horse Um, you can get a basic vet check done which would just basically evaluate the general health of the horse or you can get a more extensive check and if you're spending Any amount of money, a good chunk of money, I would say get the extensive one done, which would include x-rays and other diagnostics such as blood tests. In my opinion, if you're taking the time anyways to get the vet check done, spend the extra little bit to get the full meal deal. It may actually end up saving you hundreds of dollars down the road if you end up dodging some sort of issue. So um, in a Warwick Schiller YouTube video... And if you guys don't watch his videos, I highly recommend you do. Not only is his Australian accent awesome, but he's also a phenomenal horse person. But anyways, he had a YouTube video that where he actually suggests that um, you should ask the seller if you can have blood drawn so you can test the blood and watch, uh, watch the seller when you ask them this question. You know, first off, if the seller says no, you can't draw blood. Again, you know, there's an issue. They're trying to cover something up. You need to stay clear of not only that horse, but also that seller because they're being dishonest and you don't need that garbage. If the seller gets defensive or is suddenly nervous about the fact that you might be drawing blood, again, that may also be a red flag. You don't even need to test the blood. Just see the reaction of the seller when you say you're going to be testing blood. Um, it's just a test of the seller really and what the reaction is. If you have a bad feeling, then get the blood tested, see what the story is. Uh, I won't go into what a full vet check consists of on here. I will go into detail on that in a future podcast, but just know that it is an essential part of buying a horse and definitely worth the few hundred dollars. Before we wrap up buying a barrel horse, I just wanted to emphasize a few things you definitely shouldn't do during this process. So number one, don't consider trying something that doesn't fit your criteria just because you haven't found anything that matches that criteria yet. I know it can be tempting when you have spent hours looking for a horse and have tried several horses out and You just want to settle on something to be done with this. But I encourage you not to do that. 
I promise the right one is out there and it's more than worth the wait. There would be nothing worse for nothing worse than for you to spend the money, get the wrong horse home and then have to deal with the consequences of having a horse that didn't suit you or wasn't what you wanted. There's nothing worse than that. So just be patient. I promise that horse will pop up. Number two, don't shop with your heart. In last week's episode, we went through exactly how to figure out what you want in a horse. So if you did not listen to that episode, please go back, go through that, figure out exactly what you want in a horse and do not stray from that. If you see a super pretty Palomino named Sister, do not buy it just because you want to be like Haley Kinzel. Even though, let's be honest, we all want to be like Haley Kinzel and have a horse named Sister. But either way, just because a horse comes to greet you at a gate and nuzzles your pocket does not mean he's your four-legged soulmate. My mother in particular has fallen for this a couple of times and it has always ended up in a horse that was not enjoyable for her. And to be honest, a waste of money. She was either suckered in by the horse's good looks, you know, that kind of love at first sight, or their sociable demeanor, and she completely threw out the window anything else that mattered when buying a horse, and she ended up paying for it in the end in the fact that she ended up with a horse that did not suit her or her riding abilities at all. So don't let that happen to you. Stick to your list. Number three, Don't buy the first horse you see. While there is a chance, a rare chance, that you may luck out and find a good match in the first horse you try, this is very, very rarely the case. I know it can be exciting to get out there and try new horses, but again, stick to your list. It will likely take you trying at least a few different horses before you find the right one. Don't be lazy or... I don't know, just excited and compromise on your list because you fell in love with the first horse you tried. Just, again, stick to the list. Uh, My next don't, number four, don't buy sight unseen. I know that it can be tempting when you see a quote-unquote perfect horse for sale hundreds of miles from where you are to consider buying that horse sight unseen but I highly recommend against it. I have just gone over how important it is to try a horse out. And you know what? There's no other way for you to be certain that if a horse is going to be good for you. If you're, There's no way that you can know if a horse you've never seen or thrown a leg over is going to work for you. You could you know, have a friend ride it for you or see a million videos of that horse, but it's never ever going to replicate you actually being face to face with that horse and sitting on that horse's back. Number five, don't buy a horse that is above your level with the expectation that you will learn to ride him as you go. I will say you can buy something that stretches you a little bit. You know, for example, if you are a 3D rider, you could buy something that's running in the 2D and once in a while hits the 1D, say. But, you know, barrel racing is all about incremental progress. You will get to a point, I promise, when that 1D horse is going to be perfect for you. But for right now, it isn't. Buying a horse that's too advanced for the rider can go very wrong very quickly. 
you know, the rider likely will have their confidence shaken, which is the worst thing ever. And, you know, even if their confidence isn't shaken, the rider likely won't have the skills necessary to ride a 1D horse like a 1D horse needs to be rode. So, you know, know your ability level and shop accordingly. And my last one is number six, don't buy a horse that you are scared to ride thinking that it will be better when you get home. As I emphasized before, if you are buying a broke horse, whether it be a seasoned barrel horse or just a broke prospect, you need to take it for at least one test ride, preferably more. If you are scared to get on the horse at wherever you go to try it out, what makes you think that it will be any different when you buy that horse and take it home? Yes, you may be more comfortable at home, but that horse certainly won't be when he's getting used to this new place. If you're intimidated by a horse you're looking at, then you really need to consider shopping for something a bit more low-key. All right, so let's assume that you've found the horse that you want to buy. We're going to try and wrap up this whole process. So the next thing you need to do is negotiate price. And like I said in last week's episode, don't expect a well-trained barrel horse to come cheap. It doesn't exist. If they're cheap, there's some reason they're being discounted. It takes a long time to create a seasoned barrel horse and that time and all the resources that have gone into that horse have value. And that's not to say that you aren't able to negotiate the price. You definitely can, but just know that you can't lowball a seller. It's rude. Discuss the price with the seller and you know, you will find that in most cases, sellers do have wiggle room especially when they know that the horse is going to a good home. So negotiate and find something that both you and the seller can agree upon. And then once you've settled on a price, you're going to have to start doing some paperwork. So you're going to need to do up some sort of bill of sale or purchase agreement. If you're not sure, there's tons on the internet. Just do a Google search and you'll find purchase agreements specifically for horses And if your horse is registered, transfer papers will need to be signed and sent in to the association so that you can get the horse registered in your name. Uh, Another good thing to do is to start looking at insurance. I know that not all people insure their horses, but it's definitely something to consider, especially if you've spent quite a bit of money. Um, look around at the various insurance providers. There's quite a few out there specifically for horses. So have a look around, talk to people, you know, and figure out which one would suit you and your horse best. And yeah, so at this point, you've got a new horse. Once you get your new horse home, it's going to take a bit of getting used to for both you and your horse. Try to put yourself in your horse's shoes. You know, he's in a new place with no one he knows. Give him some time to settle in and adjust to his new surroundings before you, you know, start putting the pressure on him. Try to spend lots of time on the ground with your new horse, you know, letting him get acquainted with you and you with him. You know, lots of brushing and just hanging out. That bonding time goes a long ways and definitely pays dividends when you're asking a lot from your horse under saddle. And 
I would also say that you shouldn't expect too much from your new horse too soon. You know, some people say that it takes up to a year to really get to know a horse and get consistent with them. A whole year. That doesn't mean that you can't go out there and make some awesome runs within that year. But just know that there's going to be a bit of a learning curve involved with the whole process. Um, You know, even if the seller had been making 1D runs right up until the time you bought the horse, it doesn't mean that it will be the case for you right off the bat. You know, it might be eventually, but just maybe not right off the bat. Just getting used to each other. So be patient with yourself and with your horse. You know, if you find that you're struggling... It wouldn't hurt to contact the seller and, you know, just ask for some advice. Pick their brain. Some sellers are okay with that, some not, you know. But many people will be more than willing to let you know what worked for them and to point you in the right direction. And so, yeah, that pretty much wraps up buying a barrel horse. I hope this two-part series was helpful for you and you'll take away some information for when you go and buy your next horse. If you have any questions at all, please feel free to contact me. I'm at a cowgirl and her horse pretty much all over the internet. All right guys, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Also be sure to check out A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook. You can also head over to anchor.fm and leave a voice memo. Ask me a question, leave a comment, or just say hello. Lastly, be sure to check out acowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals for all sorts of exclusive offers and to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. And remember, it's always a good day to ride.